Sentire Media. You are listening to the Latavola Marche Radio Network. Buongiorno and welcome to the podcast from Italy. I'm Ashley. And my name's Jason, and together we have our little podcast that we do very inconsistently, usually from our bedroom early in the morning, and we're staying consistent today. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> We've been pretty good, either from the kitchen or in our room, snuggled in in the winter, but uh, we've been pretty good lately. We have one Prima Marzo. Today is the 1st of March. It is 8.43 in the a.m. Welcome to a cloudy, cold day here. 12 minutes before the hour. <laughs> <laughs> cloudy, cold day here in central Italy in the little village of Piobico. We still have snow on the ground. The last podcast we did, it was, the snow was falling and it has stuck around. Yesterday was a good melt day, but uh, I'm just dying and itching for this to go away so we can start doing our outside projects like we were talking about. I am ready. Well, speaking of outside pro- speaking of outside projects, uh, yesterday I just went up into every room and opened all the shutters. This is so and gross. This is so gross. I can't believe I'm, <laughs> can't believe I'm talking about this. Went up and opened all the shutters and found massive colonies of uh, flies and red bugs in all the shutters. Book now, folks! <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, got the old uh, got the old spray out, and it looks like um, there's it's just the ground on, um, by the base of the house is just littered with death and destruction of bugs. It's gross. It is gross. But I keep thinking, thank God you're doing it now. Hopefully this will help stab them off, uh, cut off their reproductive cycle or something for the next round. Because flies and bugs do like to reproduce. And it's a constant battle with the, the elements of the insects, that's for sure. Well, you guys can remember, we live in their house. We live in their area. Oh, yeah. And I'm convinced that we live on this kind of grassy knoll of a hill, and I'm convinced underneath is a full-on... Ant world. How'd you go from bu- flies and bugs to ants? Because we're talking about creepy crawlies. Okay. Right. And the ants we have tried to kill so many times. They never come inside, but just we've burned, we've tried to light their holes on fire, <laughs> put we've cayenne tried. pepper. I know, but I'm just saying they are always going to be there. So, like you said, we're in their house. Well, it's it's the. Um it's something that we do every early spring, late late winter. You have to go through the house. You take a pad and paper. You write down all the stuff that's gone that needs to be fixed and painted and done. You open up everything. You check it out. And it was just pretty awesomely disgusting to find thousands of flies all in. Not in – they weren't in the apartments. They're between – what they do is they lay their eggs around the um, – This just keeps getting gross. I know. I'll just – just real quick. They lay their eggs around the uh, – the window between the window and the shutter because it stays warmer. And then when they hat, we had a couple of sunny days last week. When they hatch, they just kind of hide up in the between the stone and the shutters because where, where it's warm. So um, yeah, that was gross. But they're gone now. Death. To oh, them. it's always like a crapshoot opening those windows. Either flies come out, little red bugs, the little cocoon things. It's sick. It's a full-on infantry. We have to do <laughs> clean the rooms. Which is a great segue. For us to <laughs> listen, we don't do this a lot, but we need to pimp our packages. Why right now? Because right it's after awesome. The it's awesome. It's funny. It's comedy. It's, so it's comedy relief. 
All right. So, any of you interested? <laughs> any of you interested in booking a play, booking a, a <laughs> idyllic holiday in Italy at a rustic stone farmhouse? <clears throat> I swear the bugs will be gone by then. It kind of makes me think of John Goodman in Arachnophobia, walking around with the uh, the sprayer and everything. Um, anyway, so. This year, we've got a whole bunch of great packages um, and some new events going on. So I thought we would just kind of run through a few of them to give we, you guys an idea. I know. We never do this. And we never do this. We never pimp our stuff. But we have to do it just once. So if anything sounds great, tell a friend, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Go for it. All right. So starting in the spring, we have our Cooking with Wild Edibles, which um, any three or four nights... And come and we'll do a um, one or two half-day cooking classes and look for things like stinging nettle and making um, ravioli or um, foraging for wild radicchio in the field and um, some beautiful radicchio recipes that you do, whether it's a crostini or uh, what else do you do with the radicchio? Grill it. Grill it. Make Gorgeous. It into, make it into ravioli. Uh, the early spring is all about the wild edibles. You walk through the fields, you walk along the roads, and that's when... That's when you pick all these things up. If you're ever in Italy during the spring and you see the old ladies with the plastic bags walking through the fields, stop and, and smile and ask them what they're doing. You know, it's, a, it's really interesting. It Next. is. the Well, and it's also just the brightest flavors. It's when the fava's coming up and the peas and the... Um, That's a little early for that. Well, the asparagus and asparagus, artichokes are wild coming. Asparagus, it's yeah. gorgeous. Um, then... Going right into summer, we have our Basics of the Italian Kitchen, which is a five-night holiday, and that is from the 18th to the 23rd of June. And um, this, we are doing three different cooking classes that are focused on food um, and dishes from the sea, from the woods, and from the garden. So you'll have meat, fish, and veggies, and all different ways to prepare them. And um, included in that package is a wine tour, breakfast, accommodations, and that starts at 750 euro a person for the five nights. Um, all summer long, we're doing our market trip um, to Apecchio, the meat and cheese tasting at Fusciani's, visiting the artisan beer and grappa distillery, Colese, and then going to lunch at the Hunter's Hideaway. This is a total blast every Friday. Um, sign up for sure. And we're friends with all these people, so yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Get, you get hooked up. I mean, you can all, you go to the Hunter's Hideaway, and since you're going with us, you get an experience you wouldn't be able to get if you just came and sat down. Now, Even more so at Fushiani's. I mean, we're talking, just, we show up at 10 and start drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you better like your wine and grappa and whatnot, because this day is all about meat, cheese, and drinking. Um, and it's so close. So that one's really fun. I'm excited for. We have our usual farm to fork three night holidays, which are just our um, kind of welcome dinner, half day cooking class, breakfast and accommodations. And that starts at 300 euro a person for three nights. And tell them kind of what they would do in your normal, well, we say farm to fork to give people an idea, but really it's going down to the garden and collecting produce for dinner and making. Uh, menu changes constantly. We never, we never closed any of our menus because I never know what I'm going to make. It depends on what's coming out of the garden. So um, we, we walk down to the garden or depending on the time of year, maybe walk along the road real quick and pick up whatever we need. for. We, I call it, we go to the shopping in, let's go downstairs for shopping. And uh, <laughs> we walk down into the garden, get whatever we need, come back in, uh, make 
make whether it's lunch or dinner for that night. Uh, the package includes uh, it's a four hour cooking class, apron, and the recipes you do, and the meal, the, and the meal. Uh, the dinner your first night when you arrive, breakfast daily. What else? Uh, moving right along. Like I said, we've got a lot going on. Um, we have our family holiday cooking with kids, which is a blast. No matter what age, we've had a lot of parents ask, oh, would our kids stay entertained? Or I doubt that they have the attention span. From about 3 <laughs> to 30, I don't know. We've never had a problem. No. Kids love it, getting their hands dirty, down in the garden, picking the vegetables. A lot of times parents tell us they're picky. their kids are picky eaters and only eat pasta and pizza. But miraculously, when they come here and they see a tomato growing, you'd be amazed at how many kids just eat straight up raw tomatoes like it's an apple because they're everywhere at our house in the summer. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I think there's there's no – we've had little kids four, three, four and five years old all the way up to big kids in their 20s and no one ever is bored. <laughs> No one's ever bored in the cooking classes. It's, it's all hands-on, 100%. You do, you see, you taste, and, and it's great for families. Kids love the cooking classes, and it's a blast. Plus, I, you make a mess, and they like it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's you know, they, they, they're always very um, apprehensive about getting dirty, and I just kind of throw flour on the floor or throw stuff. You know, it's a, it's a kitchen. It's meant to get dirty. You clean it up afterwards. So, um it's a great experience. I love doing the cooking classes with kids because it's just something different. It's fun. It is. Um, and you always give them plenty of time to jump in the oh. pool. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Phone rang. All right. Keep going. All right. On to the next. We have, for the first time in September, the 3rd through the 8th, we have a Yoga Lush Retreat. So, um, a good friend of ours from Seattle, Val, who has um, a Yoga Lush studio, is coming out to host a retreat for five nights. And yoga by the pool, cooking class, very organic, very holistic, it's going to be wonderful, not vegan-free, that's for sure. Mm-mm. But uh, the food will still be very hearty and delicious. But uh, something kind of different. And I think it'll be a perfect place to kind of relax and be very zen. Um, and that is starting at $1,250 per person. She's um, translated it into dollars for everyone. Um, then into the fall, we have our normal gourmet food and wine holiday for <laughs> lack of a more interesting title that is five nights from 580 euro a person and that includes dinner full day cooking class um mushroom hunt and wine tour with lunch and which is a really great deal and accommodations so the fall one is wonderful and then to end the year our annual forage slaughter and butchery program and that is from the 22nd to the 27th of october and the spaces are already filling up fast which is great um it's 885 euro a person for five nights two full day cooking classes a wine tour mushroom hunt butchery class at our friend carlos um, breakfast daily, lunches, dinners, snacks, the whole shebang. You will be sick of food by the end of the five days. This is a carnivore's delight. This is this is a meaty mayhem. If you've never seen a whole pig cut in half right in front of you and butchered right there, it's really I learned 
when the first time I did it with Carlo, took apart a pig, I learned a ton. It's really, really interesting. If this is something you're into, it, it, it'd be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It is. It's, it's a blast. It's kind of the... Um, the culmination of all these packages kind of in one, yeah, would you say? I would say so. This is for the real deal, uh, gourmet, gourmand, foodie. Oh, and it's during truffle season. Yes. So there's um, part of why we plan it at the end of October is all the truffle festivals are going on. So there's plenty of time to go and visit those as well. And it's a, it's awesome. It's a really good one. And that one has actually, this package has been featured in like Guardian and The Telegraph and a bunch of um, British publications. I know, I know. You're giving me the wrap it up yeah, yeah, wrap it up. Okay, so that was it. So if you're interested in any of those, you can find these all on our website or email Ashley at info at latavolamarque.com, and I'll give that out again at the end, and she can give you more information on all of these. All right, that was painless. Oh, Chicha says hello. Oh, yes. <laughs> too many cats. Too many cats. All right. So we have 20 days, bleh, bleh, 20 days till our guests arrive, and, uh, it's it's time to get, it's really time to get going. I, I'm I'm really excited because the guests who are coming, our first guests, are filmmakers from um, a site called Perennial Palette, um, and they make gorgeous food documentaries. <laughs> and we are hooking them up with Carlo and Gija, the pig farmers, with our friends Maki from Gelateria Maki in Fano. Um, and I'm really excited to see what they do. So, Ashley, let me interview you for two seconds. Oh, no. How do you feel about 20 days, in 20 days, the season starts and vacation is over and we have to go back to waking up at 6 a.m. and working 16-hour days and all that stuff? How do you feel? One word hyphenated. Pitting out. <laughs> I, um... Not, I'm not, I'm super excited to have the guests back and to, like, have the hustle-bustle feel. It's more just the, oh my god, like, the dining room is a storage room right now. <laughs> there's a, yeah. there's a lot to do in 20 days. There, you, you, but it's time, like, last night in dinner, you used the last onion from last year. So it's like, there's a few things that it really feels like, like we're damn near out of wine. I've drinking through all the Montepulciano. It's time to go back and fill up the wine. It's time. So I think the house, I think I'm ready to have guests here for sure. But I feel like outside, since there's snow, it still feels like, oh my God, it feels like the middle of the winter still. But uh, I, I'm ready. I'm, but I am pity now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of ready. I would more like a two-week-on, two-week-off type deal. If we could somehow work this out to where we work two weeks, we have guests for two weeks, and then no one for two weeks, and then guests for two weeks, and no one. Oh, that would be... Everyone would love that. Yes, yes. So if if we could somehow work this out, I would... I would That would be preferable. Seasonal work is great in the winter... Well, I get sick of not... Of, of, after a while, like, yes, I'm ready to have people back again. But then talk to me in July when it's been four months of nonstop work without a break. And I'll say, get these people out of, get my, these house. People out of my house. <laughs> so I'm an interesting, I'm an interesting fella. <laughs> You're hot and cold. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I know you feel like guilty in the winter and you can't quite enjoy your time off sometimes because you feel like you must be working. But then in the summer, I think you get overwhelmed. We'll find help this year. Yes. Last year, we had our the person who helps us clean ditch out on us in the middle of June, which meant that 
it was too late to find and train someone else, so we had to do all – we do a lot of the cleaning ourselves, but when you have to flip five apartments or or I have cooking classes and dinners to do, and it's just nice to have someone to – just one person to help us. And last year, we did everything all on our own, so. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a staff at all. Gaji helps us in the garden, and – We've had a cleaning lady come to help us here and there, but otherwise... I don't, but I don't really trust... Here's the thing. I don't really trust... Whoop, whoop. Whoop, hold on. We have a cat who is going to tip something Jesus. over. God damn. Jesus. I don't really trust people to... Why would she get in here? I don't know. I don't trust people to... Uh, my thing is, if you come to our place and the bathroom isn't clean, you, no matter how great of a time you had and no matter how... Um, wonderful the food was, that pube in the sink will be the thing you remember the most. So I do all the bathrooms myself. <laughs> we have a motto here, no pube left behind. <laughs> I can't believe you're talking about that. <laughs> what? It's true. Listen, we're honest. That's what people How like. They end up in the sink. <laughs> I'm just saying a hair. Fine. I shouldn't I shouldn't call it a pube. A hair. If there's a hair in the sink, that's the thing you're going to remember. You're not going to remember how be- wonderful and beautiful your dinner was or whatever. That's what you that's the one thing that'll stick in your mind. So, we still ha- we still do all of the cleaning with the person that we have. Just yeah. I don't I'm a psycho, I guess. No, this is our our life. This is our life. But uh, uh, 20 days till guests arrive. I, um, today, Primo Marzo, the first is the opening of gelato season. <laughs> we would ha- we'd have to say in Boca Lupo, good luck in the mouth of the wolf to our great friends at Gelateria Maki. Paula and Antonio, good luck. We're right behind you, and there's, Jason's ready for gelato. Their season begins this afternoon at 3 o'clock. So. Yes, so any of you with a hunkering for... Amazing gelato in the area. Head to Fano. Head to Fano. Because many of you might not realize, gelato is seasonal, just like fruits and vegetables in Italy. If you show up at a cafe in the middle of January and you say, un gelato per favore, they're going to look like, you, like you're like you crazy. I remember the one of the first times we came to visit looking at properties with my sister. We mustered up all the courage in the world to go in and I tried to say it in Italian at a cafe that said gelateria on top. Of the sign, and I walk in, and I was like, "Un cono." <laughs> I said something. I asked for gelato, and they looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, "We don't have gelato." I said, "The sign outside," and he said, "No, that's only in the summer." And I thought, "Son of a bitch!" I didn't know. Wait till uh, the one in um, Piobico opens. She always makes fun of me because I'm always there at the first. You're, day. you're the first one. Um, it's not even great, but <laughs> and if they do have gelato in the middle of the winter, it's not worth having. Don't don't agreed, get agreed. Agreed. Oh my gosh. So this year we're going to add some new recipes. We're going to tweak the, uh, I'm going to throw out, try to toss out some of, some of the, uh, things that I've been doing for the last three or four years just for my own sanity and add some new recipes this year. It's really hard to stay uber traditional to the area and add new recipes because they don't add. (laughs) I mean, we do the traditional things. So I think this year for the dinners, I'm going to try to, I'm going to switch it up and you do some, flex your muscles. Uh, I don't, I'm just going to do some things from, I'm going to pull some things from other regions and just do, do some, some dishes or some plates that are not super uber traditional to the area, just for my own sanity. And then we'll keep the cooking classes strict to Marco Gianni. Marco Gianni. Just cause I can't, I can't, if I make, 
my God, if I make these recipes for another year, day in and day out, I'm, I'm going to get bored. And if Jason gets bored, he gets... Grumpy. Grumpy. And I want to keep it fresh and new and yeah! So uh, I'm going to be working on those this um, for the next couple weeks. Ashley has something to do today. I'm going into... Um, I'm going into Piovico to pick up our uh, blood oranges and our um, lemons that I ordered, non trattato, which is not treated, so the b- organic biological ones, to make arancello and lemoncello, which, may I have a sip of the rest of your... We're, toward, we're getting... Oh! <laughs> we're getting toward the tail end of um, blood orange season here in Italy, and... Uh, Man, waking up to a glass of blood orange juice every morning. It's almost like an orange smoothie. It's it so, is. like, pulpy and, and thick and delicious. And but it's sweet. It is so good. We had a lot of orange juice when we were in Greece also. But they added sugar. Or something. And it sure as hell was not Sicilian blood oranges. No shit. You were in, <laughs> you were in Greece. No, I know. I'm just saying that there's nothing like it. <laughs> it is true. There's nothing like it. They're awesome. They're a little bit smaller. The um, skins are a little bit thinner, and they have a more of a rosy color to the um, to the skins. But anyway, and when you cut them open, it's like a tie dye free for all. You never know kind of what colors or things you'll get inside, and it's gorgeous. So I'm going. So we bought um, we bought six liters of pure grain alcohol the other day at the, at the hardware store. Don't tell my Oki family. <laughs> and um, today I'm going to pick up the two cases of citrus. And Ashley, how do you how do you make your orange cello? All cello? right, the famous blood orange uh, version of limoncello. So it's the same recipe, and this is the traditional way to do it from the Amalfi Coast. So um, what I do is I'll give you the ratios that I use to just if anyone's writing it down. Half a liter of pure grain alcohol. If you can't find it, um, you can use grappa, vodka, or Everclear. The stronger, the clearer, the closer to rubbing alcohol, the better. Um, The skin of five oranges. Um, We use the Sicilian blood oranges. If you want that nice, deep color and um, flavor, you can also, this is when you could use your lemons. And for the skins, I use a potato peeler. And you just want to get down. You don't want to cut into the pith. No white. And um, get your oranges nice and clean. Half a kilo of sugar and one liter of water. And that's your kind of starting ratio. Now, I end up doing like four or five liters of it or more. So, obviously, we go from there. Um, Also, the five organic, the five oranges, you could do six or seven, you know, obviously this is a great recipe to start with for doing um, digestivi because, for doing the liquors, because it's really forgivable and very adaptable to what you're using. Um, So in a large jar that has a lid, you're going to want to soak your peels or your rinds in the alcohol and leave it in a cool, dark place for about 10 to 14 days. After it has sat for that, um, that about two weeks... Filter the rinds from the alcohol, and you'll notice the color has already been completely leached out of the fruit, um, of the skins. The co- you're going to have a gorgeous, bright, bright color, whether it's from the lemons or the oranges. Um, from there, once you filter it out, you're going to make a simple syrup with your water and sugar, and then stir it all together, and <laughs> that's it, and bottle. So, a big discrepancy is some people will put the sugar in with the rinds and the alcohol at the beginning. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't do that. And 
I don't suggest you do. I mean, obviously you can if you want, but... Um, You'll never get it all to dissolve. It'll be No, green. yeah, this is the... Trust me, this comes out amazing. And due to popular demand this year, I will have the blood orange liquor available for purchase for our guests. Because it's off the hook. <laughs> now, once you add your simple syrup to your, um, to your alcohol, your infused alcohol, you can dilute it with a little bit more sugar. It's... I think it tastes like rubbing alcohol. I like it a little bit more diluted, but it depends on your tastes. No, there's also crema di limoncello, crema di arancello, or limoncino, however you want to call it. Um, that is where you put cream into the mixture. Now, if you do that, be careful because you have to keep it in the fridge and you have to use it, obviously, much quicker. My suggestion for that is once you have your um, your whole liquor made, Put your bottles in the freezer or the bottle you're using in the freezer so it stays nice and icy cold. And then when you serve it, you can offer a dollop of um, cream in it because some people like to cut it and it makes it like a creamsicle. Which... Yeah, the, the the fat of the cream or, I, or if you take a couple of scoops of vanilla gelato and pour a little over it, the fat of the cream really cuts the alcohol. And it's almost too dangerously good at that point, if you ask me, because they'll start going down nice and easy. And something Jason does, which I love, is in the spring, um, he uses the limoncello to macerate fruit. Oh, yeah. Um, strawberries or... Um, cherries. Cherries. Uh, just a spoonful or two of the, the um, orange cello or limoncello in the skin-peeled fruit. is It's awesome. And it doesn't... Taste boozy uh -uh. because it's just a it's just a little just a little to give that lemony. I mean, if you made if you had a, a lot of people when they cut up cherries or or strawberries, put a little bit of lemon rind. I just pour a little bit of limoncello, and it, it's yeah, really really nice. <laughs> so there yeah, you go. Is. All right, that's my recipe to share with you. <laughs> uh, and I want to thank Brie. <laughs> Brute, so you know who you are because she is the first one who suggested this recipe to me, and it's awesome. All right. I'll All right. We'll post that. You'll do a little post with, you'll repost that on our blog maybe. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. Uh, Italy just had an election. If you haven't been paying attention to the news, it, it's an absolute disaster. The uh, no one, no one party really won. Um, it's a lot, the talk of the town wherever you go. Everyone's talking about, um, they're, Berlusconi's trying to form a collision. Coalition with um, Bersani. Did I say his name mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we don't really follow Italian politics. It's it's ridiculous. But the I was in Piobico yesterday, and the sentiment is very um, palpable. Like what? Well, it's just very. You can feel like tension. Like for instance, the Polizia Locale, the local police, started walking around writing tickets and handing out like. Why would they do? That? I don't know. But people started coming out of the sh the other day. The uh, two weeks ago, I know we talked about this on the um, podcast before we went away. The um, Guardia, the, the finance police, were running around Piobico um, trying to bust small businesses for not giving receipts. And that's when the old woman came out of the, the shop and spit on the ground at the feet of the, of the finance police officer. The other day, the local police were going around trying to hand out tickets. So I don't know if it's a big money grab from these local localities, but the people feel like they've been – like everything in Italy costs more. They've been taxed more. They're not making anything. And it's really it, – it's really a sense of um, uh, uh, I don't know. I feel you can feel the tension almost. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. 
and um, thank God we don't vote. We have no, we have no um, uh, horse in the race. We can't, we can't vote. We can't do anything about it. So we just we kind of keep our mouth shut and just listen to what everyone's saying. And we don't really want to talk politics a lot on this uh, on this podcast or in general because we don't understand it and it makes us sound like idiots. But um, it's just it just seems like Italy within the next six months or a year is going to be in this state of limbo where there's no real government. They're trying to form a government. They're going to call for new elections. Berlusconi was all over the news yesterday again for paying off a bribing, a, bribing another senator, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, oh well." Three million dollar bribe. Yeah, uh, three million euro bribe. The the Pope is on his way out for it's covering up <laughs> covering up touching boys. It's awesome. It's it's just a really a period of uncertainty here in Italy, but. That shouldn't keep you from coming. You'll never know it. You'll never know it if you didn't live here. So, book those tickets. Come on down. <laughs> Bugs and unstable government or not, Italy's <laughs> the place to be. Um, segue. Funny story about the Godster Gaji, our adopted papa. Nice segue. Thank you. Thank you. That was smooth as silk. They call me Silk. Uh, uh, funny segue. When we were gone, I, uh, we have our sausages and salamis hanging in one of the apartments, dry curing. And when we were gone, we were gone for I don't know eight days. And we, I asked the doctor to come by one time and churn them because the sausages are in big ropes and um, they're hanging from uh, hooks. And every I don't know three, four days, whatever, you you just turn them. You you make sure that no two sausages are touching themselves touching in the same spot for more than a few days, just so the air dries them out evenly. He said, no problem. I said, great. I made sure there was a coffee on, you know, the coffee was left out and the Sambuca was left out and there was wood in the fire. So when he came to, came in there, he could light himself a fire because the, the house would be cold. And I just told him, yeah, that's all you have to do is just check them out, move the sausages, make sure everything's okay. And we'll be back in 10 days, eight days, whatever. Well, when we get back, he wanted to help out, and what he did was he took down every single sausage. He jumped the goddamn gun. Yes, he took down every sausage. He cut them all. He cut them out of the ropes, so they're now individual, and put them all under the vacuum seal, into the vacuum seal bags. Now, while they were hanging, they were also labeled with different color string of fennel, um, spicy, original, so and, now we have no clue. And labeled... Because we make we don't make them all at once. We make them in batches. So one batch was labeled the fourth of January. One was labeled the tenth of January. One was labeled you know the 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 twenty eighth of January. So I know that okay these come down first. These come down next. Well the Godster didn't. Ah, I don't have to look at any of that. All he did is take them all down, cut them all up, and threw them all into There's packages. There, I'm I was horrified because I thought it means he's losing his mind. Anyway, some of them were almost ready. Some of them were freaking raw. Like, you look at it and you go, that's a, that's a raw sausage. So I had to open up. And we're, we're not talking about, oh, you know, there's five pounds. No, we're, I had 50 to 60 kilos of this stuff. And that's over 120 pounds there, folks, hanging up. And did you notice when you asked him about the salami the other day, he was like, oh, no, that's way too soft. And it was harder than any of the sausages he took down. So anyway, I had to oh my God. cut open all the bags, hundreds of bags. Uh, throw all the bags away. Throw all the bags away. So what a waste of all those um, uh, plastic uh, vacuum seal bags. Then now they're all individual. They're not in ropes anymore. Because before it would be like ropes of 20 or 30 sausages that you hang. 
Now they're all single. So I had to take tables, line them with brown butcher paper, and line them all up individually. And every two days I have to go up there and turn them so that they – because, you know, the, the, the part that's touching the, the, um, the, the table, the table and the paper doesn't get dried out. Only the part that's up and facing, facing the air. So what a pain in the ass. Oh, my God. I hope it will come out. I, have, I still have no idea what, which ones were spicy sausages, which one were fennel, which one was plain. It's going to be a crapshoot. It's going to be a crapshoot. It's a ton of extra work. and that's, this, why, that's why I think he's losing his mind. He's so anal about that stuff. I can't believe he took it. I don't think he's losing his mind. I think he came over. He was bored one day. He didn't. He didn't look at him. He just said, "Oh, I'll do this." He lit a fire and he just started doing it. I don't know. I don't see how he could have. I mean, it's so plain. Like you touch him, and it feels like you know. Normally, the the dried sausages should be harder and and have a different color. Have a different color, a much darker color, and they're kind of they get this white mold that they're supposed to get on the outside. The ones that he put under were literally raw. Like, it just looks like a raw sausage you bought. So, we can't really vent to anyone else, so we're going to vent to you guys <laughs> on this podcast. Don't tell him, okay? Don't tell him. And when he asked, we told him everything was great. He, I just hope he doesn't go upstairs to see it. But I shouldn't be afraid to tell him that it's wrong. I mean, uh, He just can't comprehend that he would do something wrong. No, he's not really one to admit when he does his wrongdoing, but it doesn't matter. Hopefully, it'll all come out in the end, and you never know. It'll be like a surprise every time I open a package this this was this season. Oh Jeez. my goodness! Uh, we want to do a couple of shout outs, Ashley. I want to give a shout out to Darby and the cats up in Ovada. Thank you so much for listening and your really kind email, and we're glad that. Uh, we're giving you some entertainment while you're up, way up north this winter. She is, um, she's staying and house-sitting for some friends, and I think the uh, podcast about uh, it being really cold and bleak and you have to really love Italy to be here in the winter really hit home with her. So, mm-hmm. spring is on its way, don't worry, it'll get there. <laughs> it will. It will. What's, uh, what, what do you got on, what do you got on the uh, agenda for today, Ash? Man, I am working on writing a book, so that's what I'm always doing right now. I'm working on enriching the story. I had no idea people would want to know about our lives so much. I thought... You mean our lives before Italy? Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, I'll make a fun book. Um, There's interest in, you know, making a fun book about our move to Italy and our first year here. Very much like um, a year in Provence. Well, this editor wants um, it to be a lot more in-depth of our backstory and who we are and our care, our kind of emotional arc and all of that as well, which I just thought it was going to be kind of more of a love story to our uh, sweet little Piobico, but it's turning into quite a bit more, and uh, it's exhausting, and it's hard not to turn it also into a Mori Povich uh <laughs> Thing with the backstory of our crazy families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean to just turn into a bitch fest about yeah, our, yeah. how our parents are terrible? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that could happen too. That wouldn't be so bad. Uh, today, today I'm gonna keep on going through the um, going through the rooms. We're gonna go to see our commercialista, our accountant today. Oh, uh, I don't even know what he's gonna say since who knows what's gonna happen with the politics of Italy. I mean, if Berlusconi is, if he ends up. 
making a coalition, then they could refund some of the... Uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I have no idea. All I know is that every time we get an email from him, it's more money for taxes. So, so we pay our taxes. Most of them. <laughs> um... What, oh, there was so. Oh, oh, we are going to be updating our podcast right now. All we what? do, we're updating it. We're getting microphones. Oh, <laughs> so right now all we do is talk into our computer because it's got the built-in microphone, which sounds like we're talking in a tin can. Especially and, when I turn my head and walk. Yeah, so see if I t- if I talk into the computer, it's okay. But if I turn my head and talk away, it sounds like I'm really far away. So we're going to make it a we're going to make it a little bit more professional. So hopefully within the next couple of podcasts or maybe the next time you hear this podcast, we'll have beautiful, rich sound. Well, what will, that will really help is enable us to be able to do interviews because right now the two of us huddled around a laptop is hard enough. I'm all wiggly jiggly all over the place. And to have another person who, you know, is struggling with speaking English or asking them the questions, it's hard to make sure they're speaking directly into the computer as well. So I think that will give us a lot more opportunity to um, take the podcast to new levels. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So um, keep your questions, comments coming. Please please, send... Email us if you have anything you'd like to ask or if you would like information about staying at our beautiful agriturismo. You can find us at info, uh, I-N-F-O, at latavolamarque.com, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. You can find us on Facebook under Latavolamarque. You can find us on Twitter, Twitter Stitcher, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, iTunes, everywhere. Ev- oh, well, everywhere. <laughs> and, and thanks for letting us pimp our packages this week, too. If you know anyone who would, or you'd like, or you know anyone, please, that would be interested, or if you're interested, please pass our information along. It will enable us to continue to do this podcast, because if no one comes, then there's no sense in us being here. <laughs> All right, I think that's it for this week. We got work to do. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you again soon. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.